0: On this episode of Hairdo Uncut, I chat with an up-and-coming star, Anna Hendricks Carter, master stylist at West Coast Hair Design in Jacksonville, Florida. We are talking one more time about blonde hair, and she brings a lot of fun and passion to hair and has some great suggestions about hair care and what a great relationship between hairstylists and clients should be. So let's go. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making Hairdo Uncut part of your repertoire of podcasts. I am Paulson J. Healy, your host, and I have another interview today. Uh, We're going to be talking about blonding. And I am excited about this next interview. She is a stylist at West Coast Hair Design. Uh, Those of you who have been following the podcast know that I interviewed the owner of that salon, Linda Deason, uh, a few weeks ago. And this is one of her top stylists that uh, she was really excited about having on the podcast. So I've brought her on, Anna Hendricks Carter. I apologize. Uh, Welcome to the show, Anna.
1: Thank you. I'm excited.
0: Well, so we are we we had the interview uh the last episode we had an interview and then our first interview uh we had the owner of uh, Hairdo Salon Suzanne Bell on and then la- and then the last episode we had Nikki Wildflower um, and the reason why I wanted to have three different stylists talking about this topic of blonding is because blonding is just so big important and it's not as cut and dry as maybe many clients think it might be. And so, Anna, I'm, a, I'm really appreciative that you're coming on here today to offer some some hopefully some really good perspective and uh, just some information. And it's almost hopefully going to resonate with people because it will be uh, three different really talented stylists saying essentially the same thing, even though there may be some nuances to it. So that's, that's awesome of you to come on. Yeah,
1: no, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited.
0: So the what I want to do here is uh, we're going to be um, we're going to really try to break down what happens to the hair and the process behind certain services. But first, I I want to get Anna's background. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and, you know, kind of include, you know, what did you do before becoming a hairdresser? How long have you been doing hair? How long have you been at West Coast? You know, all, all those all those fun things.
1: All the fun details. Yes. Um, (laughs) Well, I started doing hair when I was 19. That's when I went to hair school. Um, I had taken a year off previous to that, and um, my family lives in Europe, so I came here to Jacksonville, Florida um, in high school. I think it was my sophomore year, so then I went back to Sweden where my family lives after I graduated, and I took a year off, essentially. I I was going to like a different school there. for a little bit, but it was just basically more of a year off. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to do women's counseling, but I realized I'm not good at leaving that at the door. I would take it home with me. Um, oh, no.
0: <laughs> which, can't do that. No, not
1: even a little bit. That would not be healthy. Um, so I started thinking more, and I've always loved arts, and I've just always been very creative growing up in my family. I was definitely not the studious one. I was the social butterfly that my dad had yes. to ground. So, <laughs> uh, um, but so I just started thinking about what, what could I do and how could I help women still feel beautiful inside and out? But, um, at the same time, make a career of it in a way that I didn't feel like I was bringing home burdens with me to my family. Um, just as yes. mentally I couldn't handle that. And I knew that. Um, so I, remembered i was just i was like what if i just do like hair and makeup for women because i always feel great when i go to the salon um (laughs) how great would that be to do that for someone else so i started asking my friends and what they thought and my husband now boyfriend at the time and he's super intelligent so i thought he'd probably be like no you need to go to college uh (laughs) but
0: right away he just said i think that's the dream crusher you thought he'd be a dream crusher that's
1: what and i was like oh i'm so scared to tell him but the first response he said he was like that's awesome i think you should do that and i was like what you think so? So oh, that's a good. Day. Yeah, yeah, he was awesome about it. Um, so I pursued hair. I went to Aveda and I started assisting at West Coast Hair Design um, the same time I started beauty school. And yeah, then my career took off with Linda because she really trained me well, um, and I pretty much started doing hair. I assisted for about two years for her, and then I started doing hair, but then I got married, so we had to move to Tassie because my husband was finishing his college degree there, and I all started right. working an awesome salon there for two years, had a great experience, but I knew that we were going to be moving back to Jacksonville when he was done, and they knew that as well, which uh, is <laughs> so kind of a bummer, but great. I mean, it all worked out, and yeah. Linda took me back with open arms, which I was very thankful for. Um, so I came back here and yeah, it's been great. So total of years that I've been at West Coast Hair Design, I would say over the course of my whole career, which is about eight years, just back and forth.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's a long time. (laughs) Now is your family, is the rest of your family still in New York or?
1: No, they're in Sweden.
0: So, okay. Now they're in Sweden.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're all in Sweden. So I'm the only one here.
0: Now, do you speak? Swedish?
1: I do. Yes.
0: Oh, okay. You just didn't have, you know what? And and I never referenced (laughs) this, but you didn't have quite uh, uh, a, um, an accent accent (laughs) with your English. So I was just like, I wonder if she actually, you know, okay. So that's cool. That's very cool. I I, like that a lot.
1: My dad's a Florida boy born and raised in Clearwater. So he, yeah. So I have like my, my dad's side of family is like Southern, like true Southerners. And then my mom's side is like Swedish, Europeans, very European. So (laughs) two different worlds come together.
0: You know, and you said something before, before we move on, I just want to kind of jump back to it a little bit. You said something about um, when you said that you wanted to be, oh, geez, I just hit my, I just hit my mic holder. So that's where (laughs) that sound is. Everybody listening. Um, Do you, uh, you said that you wanted to be a women's counselor, but you had a hard time leaving at the door. Now, even though you're a hairdresser, artistic and wonderful, I'm assuming you still get a lot of that opportunity to do that. So how do you do a good job of leaving that at the door when you leave the salon? Does it, Do you think it's the artistic side that allows you to kind of leave that a little bit more or do you just have no drama with your clients? Uh, your clients just have no drama.
1: Oh no, they have
0: drama. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it, I think being able to listen but knowing that I'm their listener, I'm not their, like, I don't have to prescribe them anything.
0: Their problems. Yeah,
1: starts. like, I'm not oh, okay. there to solve it. I'm just there to make them feel better or kind of listen or talk them through it. And um, I think that helps me knowing that I'm there to make them feel good instead of just having to help them make the next step of what they have to do. I just help have to help them make the next step of their highlight and their toning process. Okay. So yeah. that, okay. that I think that helps balance. My, I mean, there's definitely nights where I come home. And I just like want to vent it all out to my husband and be like, oh my gosh, sure. like listen to this. And he's like, wow, okay, now it's time to go to bed. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's watch something so I can turn yeah, my brain off. Because right? if you're if you're anything like me, you know, I if I if I've got a lot of stuff going on that I've had to handle from people, you know, trying to help people out or 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 discuss anything like my mind is racing like, oh, how can I help and stuff. So I got to turn on I got to turn on like the TV and just let like, oh, my mind like turn off. So I, I'm assuming you do the same thing, but. <laughs>
1: New Girl I, is the best show to make you laugh <laughs> and decompress. So that is my that's right. that is
0: my go to. <laughs> oh that's a good that's a good one. That's a that's a classic. Yes. Um so what, what was really the inspiration though behind becoming a hairstylist and what continues to be your inspiration going forward?
1: I just really love fashion. Um ever since I was little. Like my mom said I used to change my outfit four times when I was like four. Um, a day just cause I wanted to have a different look and she knew she had a girl cause I have two older brothers and a very much girly girl. Um, and growing up, I'd always just loved fashion. So essentially I always thought I would go into like fashion design. Um, but I am terrible at sewing, so I'm glad I did not do that. And, uh, <laughs> decided that I really liked the outside look of it as well because so much of fashion involves hair and makeup. Um, so I think that's what really inspired me because even looking at pictures, like that's the first thing I look at in someone or a model and, um, the opportunities we have with Bumble with fashion shows and stuff like that. I think that just really like keeps me amped. And that's why I love Bumble products that we work with so much because they're all about the fashion industry and it just, it keeps me on, it keeps me on fire for it.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. And and then, so that, that really kind of continues your your inspiration going forward is that, that, that ability and, and that, that fashion sense that you get to be in control of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just to be able to create that in the chair and make someone feel great, whether it's, I mean, an edgy haircut or a very like calm haircut, like the two different, you know, a long layered haircut versus a pixie, you know, just so all the different looks, but how you can really create that for your, um, guests in your chair is just such a cool opportunity and experience to go through.
0: Wonderful! Oh, that's awesome. All right, so let's transition into talking about services. Now, on the West Coast uh, website, under your profile. Oh, and you know what? Why don't you plug your um, your Insta your per- do your personal Instagram real quick, and we'll redo it at the end of the at the end of the episode as well. But will you plug your your Instagram real quick?
1: Yeah, it's um, Anna Carter. Um, it's is that what you want me to do? sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah. so it's anna with three n's A, N, 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 A, carter and that has all my personal stuff on there and some of my hair stuff but then most of our hair pictures are on west coast hair design and that's the okay. handle for it so they're okay, both yeah. awesome i would say west coast hair design has all our fun stories you can really see us in the salon um and really keep up with what we do in there whereas my personal one is some hair pictures but lots of my dog so <laughs> <laughs>
0: so if you're into dogs yes. follow and a <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and, and west coast you got, you guys are doing so awesome on there and um, so their 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 instagram is wonderful to follow i've followed it for a while so oh, thank you it's very cool um so on the website though under your profile it talks about how much you love and specialize in hair painting and balayage and i mean what is it about balayage and hair painting that you love so much?
1: It's so relaxing to do. I know. Relaxing. Uh, yeah, I know. So many people think it's it's it, it, it can be stressful depending on who's sitting in your chair. But I <laughs> find it just so fun because you look at their hair, it's such a canvas that you just get to start painting these pieces where you get to really choose where they go. Um, whether it's from the picture they showed you, or they just want you to be spontaneous with it and create something that you see beautiful, um, I just love the opportunity that it can create in someone's hair. Hmm.
0: I love. I like that response, and it's it's funny that you say that it's relaxing. Not not, and that, the reason why I'm laughing is because it's a very specific. There, there's very specific placement for. And we'll we'll get more into that, but with with balayage and hair painting, it is it is all about placement and being in the right place. So that's why saying relaxing, I thought that was yeah. I thought that was a, that that was a good answer, but I thought it was also a funny answer because yeah. even stylists who like to do it in the salon here are like, oh my gosh, I need to place this in the right place, you know. So yeah,
1: anyway. there's so much detail to it.
0: A lot of That's stuff. right. Yeah. So you got to be detail oriented when you're doing services like this. So um, so let's talk about uh, the process and maybe even just your specific process. Um, a a first time client comes in. What is your process to start the appointment? Assuming assuming that they ask for a balayage. What do you personally do before you start coloring?
1: Um, first off, I go over a consultation with them. I, I look at a lot of pictures with them because sometimes they'll show a picture to, and of course on Pinterest, it's like a hairdresser's best friend and worst enemy at the same time because of all the filters. (laughs) Um, and so I tend to really ask them like a lot of questions on why they like the picture they chose. What is it about it? Because for, to them, they could see like the brown in the hair and think that's pretty, but you're seeing the blonde balayage pieces. So you just like have no idea where it could be going. Um, And I've learned that the hard way. So that's why I'm saying that. And I think, um, so that's why I really do like an intense consultation with them now um, just to make it easier down the road and to make sure that they don't have like these false hopes or expectations for their hair that we can't achieve that day. I mean, we could later on, but um, like you can't be silver in one setting. Um, But I think so that's where I start off with and then just to see really where they want the blonde to peek through if they're really just wanting it super soft and subtle if they want it high up around their face because some people do want that and then others don't and it's almost more of the balayage look but kind of going back to the ombre.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So that's my biggest start with them is just making sure that I'm going to place it exactly how they want it and if they want it more of a bolder balayage or they want just that subtleness going into it yeah
0: yeah and and i think that's important the reason why uh those who are listening the reason why i asked that question is because i want i want clients to be considering how this you're the third person that talks about how much effort they put into their consultations now i know that at, at our salon i know what the stylists are going through but to hear Two stylists now talk about how important the consultation is clients I just feel it's really important if you style if you're walking into a salon and the stylist you're seeing is not fully getting into that consultation I would be a little bit wary
1: yeah I agree so,
0: yeah so just just that and and that's that's why I love hearing that and that's why I asked that question um, talk to talk about placement let's let's talk about whether you are Painting or foiling. Now, do you have a preference between painting and foiling? Like a balayage?
1: So recently what I've been kind of playing with is doing like painting the hair open open air pieces, okay. but then also doing some teasy highlights in between. And that's okay. been like giving me all sorts of new excitement because I feel like the dimension you get with that and the lift is huge. So I but it also just depends on how blonde they want to be. If they are looking to be like three shades lighter well, I definitely will put them in foils because yeah. otherwise you just never know with the open air what it's going to do, and I've learned that from multiple times before in the beginning, just because I thought it would lift, you know, two or three levels and it would only lift like point two of a level. Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: I, yeah, and that's and that's something because people come in and they want that almost that open air experience because it looks great on Instagram, but oh, then yeah. then the stylist is like, well, you can get it; it's going to be really, really soft because I can't I can't lift you very high and so you're you're going to have more and so people are like oh so then they put it in foils but i think it gives you guys more control i'm assuming
1: absolutely yep yeah. and then you can watch it i mean i checked them multiple times with it on um open air you can't see as much i feel like of what's going to happen it can look a certain way and then you start rinsing and you're like oh man <laughs> <laughs> that should have been on for like 20 more minutes um uh, <laughs> but when it's when you see it you're like oh, that's going to be beautiful it's going to be perfect um, but that, thank God for toners, but I think a lot of times the open air, it, it is such a cool look, but then, so if they want that subtleness in there as well, it can be great to do an open air balayage pieces as almost yeah. the low light in there as well, because it's not going to lift as much. And then by mm-hmm. combining it with TZ lights, you're going to get that pop of blonde with yeah. a softer dimension to it. So... That 's my awesome,
0: so what what is and and you 're talking about a lot of different techniques to get it. is that what makes placement, especially when you're you 're learning how to do um, these newer blonde services is that what makes it difficult, like where to place it and how that's going to how each technique is going to affect it, or you know what what makes placement so important and what makes it difficult? And, what, and how have you transitioned that into making sure you, when somebody sits down, it's easy for you to understand exactly what you need to do?
1: Well, it's funny because I had one of those today, actually, where it's like there's so many new techniques coming into the industry, which is awesome because then it keeps us new, it keeps us fresh. Um, but with balayage, if you just want hand-painted, you it isn't going to be as bright with the open air. Um, and I have a lot of blonde clients that come in that even though they're a dirty blonde at the root, their blonde won't lift if they have natural hair sometimes, because that's like the hardest hair to lift sometimes. Um, so for instance, my client today that came in, she wanted that pop of blonde around her face, but she's a nurse, so she has a really intense schedule. So to get her back in is, is hard So normally, she can come in about every six months, um, for the all over color again of balayage. Um, so I did open air pieces all around, but then in between around her face, because she loves when she pulls her hair back, everyone wants that blonde. They don't want that dark root with the blonde ponytail. I mean, some people do. and, And if you do, that's great. Um, so what I've been incorporating recently is just really doing those soft baby highlights around their face. And then yeah. so starting, I I do about two or three, and I just really weave it in there very naturally with the hairline, so that way you don't get a, like a lined growth out um, because no one wants that. Because two weeks later it, it'll be there, and they'll think, oh crap, I didn't get what I wanted. Um, so I do a very soft around their face, and then I start painting probably about two inches back from oh, their hairline, and I'll start okay. and I'll start on their heavier part. So I always start in the front. Um and just work with that. For instance, this client today, she had a very heavy side part. So I definitely had to focus on that part first because if not, I feel like it's just if you start in the back, you don't it's all the lightness is gonna go there. Yeah. Um so yeah. Well, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so I did baby lights around the face and then I painted certain areas and then a few of the teasy highlights where I just teased up a little bit at the root so it wouldn't have a line. And then I I do the same thing I do with open air painting, but then I just put it in a foil and I just really rub it in between the tease parts. Um, But it is a little bit of an easier process than the hand painting, I do believe, because it's more of a highlight look. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Or as you're painting into the foil, you can kind of slap it on there. Um, (laughs) And then rub it in and the teasing helps give you a a little bit of um, freedom there. So that way you don't have to worry about any lines. But... It does give them that blonde around their face too, and in the back as well.
0: How many? How long do you think it took you to uh, understand one? Where, like, how how to how to be able to uh, transition between these different these different um, these different techniques? and to where it was really stressful early to to the relaxing point like you said earlier that it's really relaxing to do this because obviously that's a lot of that's a lot of work and that's a lot of really specific which is awesome I, that that's what i want to get across to people and and you're painting such a great picture because people don't realize how much work actually goes in to get that nice subtle beautiful look so how long did it take you to get from stressful and um, trying to learn how to how to use all these techniques to this is relaxing and this is what I need to do to get the look that they're trying to achieve.
1: Oh, it probably took honestly these past three years being back in Jacksonville, um, I would say this last year has just been a lot easier with it and just where it's like I just get excited when I see a balayage on my book. And almost oh, if good. and sometimes we do double book just depending like tomorrow I have a new client that's been waiting a couple months to get in. So I made sure that no one was like booked around her just so she yes. could get my full attention. And it's, I, she has a lot of hair. So that way I can just really zone in and make her feel just absolutely beautiful with it and not be thinking I'm stressed or anything like that because that's the worst thing you want to do to one of your clients or your guests in your chair. Um, but in, in the beginning it was stressful because, you know, I think about three years ago, a lot of us were doing it with the board. We would paint with a board which was cool and some people still do that but I would never and I think it takes real art with that because I would always get a line and no matter what I did it was like there was always a line with a board um Mm -hmm. and so once I remember one day it was at the salon I worked at in Tallahassee and there was a lot of us working there And I think everyone was using one of the, the painting boards and I was like well crap I don't have any like what am I gonna do so and I didn't have gloves and I just painted the girl's hair with my bare hands (laughs) And I just rubbed it in. My hands were burning. And I was just like smiling away. I was like, I hope she likes her wine because my hands are on fire right now. Um, (laughs) And so thats I just remember being so stressed out. But then it was the most beautiful balayage I had ever done. And still being a younger stylist, I was like, wow, I just did that. And that was so much easier than the board. And I could be (laughs) so much more creative. And so from that day on, I felt a lot more confident with it. And realizing that you can be so creative with it without over having to overthink it um and then when i moved back to jack's it was i that's all i was getting in the beginning was balayage balayage after balayage and i was like okay so and you know some clients walk in with black hair and black box dye and you're like oh no like this Woo-hoo! is not gonna work um and you want
0: color the, correction time
1: yes exactly and you want it to work and this is before my consultations were really strong so you i was trying i wanted them to be hopeful but then i realized that there was no hope um but it <laughs> Just took a long time to get there. So I think um, what I really learned was just, again, going back to the consultation and really focusing on that and realizing once I've really talked it through with them and they understand me and I understand them and what what they want, that's what makes it relaxing because you've really communicated through that and you've repeated the words to them that they've said to you because that way... I mean, if there is like unhappiness Everybody's in the on end, the
0: same page.
1: Yeah, and so I think that's where the relaxing comes in. And just after a, lo- a longer time of doing it, I mean, people have been doing it for 45 years, but uh, yeah. I'm still learning. But I think uh, it's definitely been a lot. This year has been the the deal breaker for it.
0: Yeah. You know, and one of the things that, I mean, Linda said this, she, she, she told me in an email, she was like, Anna is an up and coming star. You know, (laughs) she had such great things to say and it's, it's really showing in how you, uh, and, and, and everything that you're breaking down from a, from a, from this standpoint. Now, when it comes to finishing this lovely work that you've been doing, uh, toner use conditioning bonding protection do you do you use any of these finishers and what are the what is the benefit for the client's hair
1: yeah i'm a huge fan of olaplex i've been using that for i mean they've been around probably for like four years now or five or when it started becoming really popular was five years ago so i've been using them a lot and it just depends because on the open air it definitely like brings the level down of developer that you use yeah so that's the struggle where you have to really kind of figure out where you want to choose to use it because with open air I tend not to use Olaplex as much um, just because I feel like you're not over damaging the hair because it's not in a foil whereas if it's in a foil 100% Olaplex for the hair because you want to protect that hair and they want to feel like you're brushing through it and not um, those knots no no blonde pieces are breaking off as you're brushing their hair. Uh, (laughs) So I use Olaplex a lot and what I also do is I feel like with the toning, especially we work a lot with Redken Shades EQ, and what I love about them is if you even if you put them under the dryer with it for 20 minutes, that is a very good conditioning treatment as well as toning the hair to what level you want it to. Well, not necessarily level, but where you want to neutralize the color to be.
0: Gotcha. Yeah,
1: and gotcha. I just it softens now, it a lot.
0: Okay, good. That's that's good to know. Do you, um. You know, we, and and while we're talking about toning, because that's what uh, for for those clients, uh, Shades EQ. You know, that is a that is a toning product that a lot of stylists use. Now, a lot of clients can. I mean, do you get clients that are upset that you've used a toner, or asking you why a toner is used, and can you can you speak to that? Because it uh, it has to be. It generally it, it's got to be used uh, depending on how where they want to lift. But what what does using a toner, how does that benefit the client so that they understand that so they don't get, you know, all upset about it?
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of people will say I've had a horrible experience with toners and sometimes I'm like, well, how does that happen? You know, like what, <laughs> what happened? And they're like, my hair was like lavender in the front. And I'm like, Oh, I know how that happened. Um, yeah. and so <laughs> you, you had to sit back and think, okay, like what was their horror experience to where they're totally against it? And how do you, win them back because, and then it's like the two words of toning and glossing. So glossing, I feel like clients don't really understand quite what it is. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't think twice about it. Whereas if you use the word toner, it's like they jump out of the chair. Mm.
0: So I've learned that, that. Wor- word placement. We're going to gloss. Yes. It. Oh, that sounds fancy. Right? Yeah. So like but absolutely
1: it's <laughs> shine. And I'm like, shine and neutralizing. Yes. Um, so for me, I think it's just how I, use that word control and I mean I up with it all the time I'll be like ah oh, mixed in a toner. I mean I'm glossing you um, and they're just you know they freak out sometimes a lot of my clients know now that I always do that so I don't really struggle with it as much but in the beginning they would tell me their horror experience and I'd tell them well you know especially living in Florida we have all the limestone in our water and it really affects our hair and I almost yeah. I think it's really hard to be a hairdresser here because getting someone blonde is easy but keeping them at a beautiful blonde is difficult. Uh-huh. yes, so that's our struggle and I'm sure that's like so many places in the us but especially down yeah there. well
0: right here Arizona's got super hard water so God. it's not fun it cannot be fun
1: yeah and it's like they get mad at you but it's really the water and I'm like get a softener or get this but that's
0: expensive so <laughs> take some take yeah. some products home and yeah, care for your hair exactly
1: I'm like buy 20 please uh, but <laughs> So I think a lot of times I have to go and explain to them how to neutralize any yellowness, any orange, and it just blends the color together. I feel like it's like sealing the deal. Um, And so once I have to explain that to them and kind of go over the chemistry of it, and even sometimes I don't feel like I explain it very well, um, I feel like they become more comfortable with it as long as you're once again consulting it with them and making yeah. them feel good. I mean, sometimes it, I don't even tell them that I'm doing it because it is part of the service. And
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true.
1: That to me, I'm like if I'm going to create this picture for you of what you want in your hair, this is what comes with it. So, if you fight me on this, you're not going to get the hair you want. Uh,
0: right. Well, and, and you bring in a picture and you look at it and they're like you just realized that they used a toner to get her to yeah. this the, this hair to what they wanted. So Exactly.
1: Yeah. Like my my client that was in today, she has, she has really yellow on the ends because she swims a lot in the pool and she's at the beach too. And then it, being a nurse, it's up and up from everything during the day. So it just gets pulled on and it was, it's just a little rough on the ends. Um, so I really wanted to create a sandier blonde for her. Um, and to do that, you had to add, you know, a little bit in the shades of they have the nine V, which is like the nine violet, which sounds terrifying, but it just neutralizes the blonde and creates a nice finish to it. But also I mix in other, Tones to it as well to create that sandiness. But when I tell people, and when I tell other stylists that I work with a lot, um, getting scared with using the toner, um, the beautiful thing with hairstyles is we can use other products and to kind of tone it out as well. So it's just very soft and subtle to give you the conditioning treatment. But we add a thing called clear that really helps dilute it. So it's not like we're going to lose control of it. I feel like, and that's right. what the client needs to understand we have total control of their hair. Um, and we're not going to, you know, just screw around with it. We're going to really make sure that it doesn't sit too long. It doesn't turn to a funky color and that we have all eyes on them.
0: Right. And, and, and to that point, because you have that kind of control, uh, you know, we had an episode where we talked about not only trusting your stylist, but clients doing research on your stylist, because for better or for worse, the stylist has control of what's happening. So if they're either inexperienced or they're not training themselves. That can go very, very sideways. Just like you said with the person who came in who had lavender up in the front, that stylist had complete control. But when you, as a, as a, as a well-trained stylist and very dedicated stylist and other stylists that I know, that c- type of control is good yeah. because you guys know exactly what you need to do and are going to achieve what the client wants. So. Yeah. Just wanted to reference back to back to that episode because it's just important to find somebody who knows what they're doing, who has a great track record, and evidence of how good they are versus you know overfiltering to cover their mistakes and um, and uh, some who have that control and aren't spending the time actually educating themselves. So absolutely, just a little just a little side note before we move on to the next question. <laughs> um. How is the process? So we kinda of talked about uh what it's like for a new client to come in. How is the process different for somebody touching up? Now I know that you said that, you know, you'll have clients come in every six months to get everything done again. So how is that process different when you're touching them up and what are your suggestions to to them in between appointments?
1: I recommend because you know, the wonderful thing about Balayash, you go six months and it still looks awesome. Um But in between that, I mean, with Florida water, it can pull brassy, you know, it can start to really kind of get that orangey tint to it or just that penny copper look. Um, and so I, we call it the balayage refresher. And so a lot of times I just recommend that they really come in for like a gloss treatment eight to 10 weeks after the balayage and they can, so really like a toning treatment, um, and they get a gloss and it just really makes the hair look rejuvenated, it looks like you pretty much like you redid the balayage without having to do it because it seals back the color. It gives it shine. It takes out any unwanted tones that they didn't want in there. And then you give them a nice trim and it just like makes the hair feel so much more majestic again. Um, So that's what I normally recommend for my clients. Just come in and, you know, two and a half months later and then and that's a lot less expensive compared to the full price of the balayage. And so yes. they still feel beautiful in the, between the time where they really need to touch up their balayage.
0: Yep, super important. Because some people don't think, so, don't think that they need to come in that often because it is a lower maintenance. But super important just to come in and get that, get that refresher and get those ends cleaned up with a cut. Yes. So super important. Yeah. Um, how do you factor in uh, root shading, smudging into this equation? And what sort of look does that project for people? And how often do you, do you actually do uh, that personally?
1: Um, I do root smudges a quite often actually. Um, it just depends on again, like the picture that they show me of what they want. Cause some people come in thinking they want a balayage and then the picture they show you, it's really a full highlight with a root smudge. Um, Mm -hmm. and you're like, it's a total different look because they're just wanting that all over blonde, but they're wanting a darker root. Um, so a lot of times I think now a little bit with a change in trends, and, I mean, Bollywood is still super huge, but I think we're, the people are wanting a little more blonde in it, too. So a lot of times I yeah. get people wanting basically a full highlight, and then I will go in. So I'll full highlight with them, put a ton of foils in, um, maybe even some teasy lights in there, too, just depending on what I'm doing. And some open air just to give it some more dimension. And then the shampoo bowl, I'll towel dry them, and I go back in and do a root smudge um, that sits on for 10 to 15 minutes because you don't want it to wash out after three times. Um, yeah. just to make it blend. And then especially around the front, I kind of leave those pieces out. So they still have that brightness. Um, but I feel like that's yeah. what completely transforms a full highlight look to a root smudge, more natural hmm. balayage look to whatever the client is thinking it is at the time. Um, and I feel like i really, a root smudge is one of my favorite looks to create in someone because that is also very Um, intense I feel like in how you're mixing the color that's going on the root because you have to be careful not to hot root them and um, to really blend it but to still create that coolness that they need or a little bit of warmth but it's a lot of controlling so it can go south quick if you're not careful or it can be
0: um,
1: wonderful and look absolutely flawless.
0: Now, uh, you've, you've said two things and I'm actually going to, I'm just going to reference this before we go on. You have said baby lights and teasy lights. Is there a difference between those two phrases?
1: Yes. So baby lights would be very fine pieces um, weaved into okay. the hair. So very, so just like a regular highlight, but just very, very light pieces taken out. Teasy lights would be more of an intense section um that you would take out of the hair and more of a thick weave of basically a balayage weave that you would take out of the hair with the, with your foiling comb but then going in and teasing it up at the gotcha. root so but whereas i would take more thicker chunks with a balayage for open air and then with teasy lights i would take smaller a little bit of smaller sections as i'm working my way through um just to create so it's not looking like here's a bunch of highlights right here and then there's none gotcha. right there um if that makes sense
0: Gotcha. No, yeah. I, I wanted to and I wanted to just kind of clarify that because sometimes the jargon that we use in the salon does not translate to right. <laughs> uh the client. So just so if people were like, What's what's this and what's that? Yeah. So um what should a client what should a client do? What do you suggest the clients do as they prepare? So if somebody comes in for a consultation uh before coming to see you, whether they have a current balayage from you or for somebody else or, uh, uh, they've, they've never got it done before. What do you tell people to, how to prepare their hair before coming in to, to see you to get, to get their blonding service done?
1: Well, if they have super curly hair, like I do, um, I prefer them to come in with a smooth, smooth out. Like they don't have to have it 100% straight necessarily, but just definitely. So I'm not like getting through all the kinks. Um, because then you can really create more of a, like, I feel like if someone comes with a curly hair and you're trying to paint it, it might look good as you're blending it. Um, but then it can still create a line because of the way the curls jump back. Yes. Um, or so you're not curly hair. Oh, yes.
0: Take some skill right there.
1: Yes. And I have so much of it. So I understand the pain <laughs> and the joy of it all. Um, but I think, so I always ask my clients to have smooth hair. I mean, greasy or non-greasy, that doesn't really bother me because, we all get busy in life, so I don't care if they come sure. in with either of that. Um, but generally, if it's more, if they just have curly wavy hair, that if it get to be smoother, definitely brushed out if they don't mind having doing that before they come in. Uh, do you
0: do you clarify at all?
1: I do, depending on if it's a client that hasn't really, like if they're using a shampoo that I can tell has a film over their hair, then I will definitely clarify before I start. Okay. Yeah, just those, uh, you know, lovely. Uh,
0: Store products, store bought. Yep. yep,
1: yep. They leave some mm-hmm. some funky stuff in the hair.
0: <laughs> yes, or especially, or if they've been box coloring their hair at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, I know not everyone who wants balayage can have it. Uh, what would what would be a reason that you would not do this service on someone?
1: Depending on the length of the hair, the quality of the hair. Um,
0: Box dye length. So, so, so build on build on the length real quick. So, why why did you bring up length?
1: Um, Because I mean, if they have above the shoulder, it's not going to be the exact same look that they're going for in their mind. They're I, I normally I would think that there's you know medium length hair is what they're envisioning, but if it's above their shoulder, they're really not going to get that same look. That would almost be more of a full highlight root smudge that they would okay. grow into a balayage, if that makes sense. Okay. Um okay. So that would probably be what I would refrain from. I mean, definitely like box, black box dye hair. Unless they're wanting like those really red tones, um, then
0: that's sure. <laughs> fine.
1: But if they're wanting definitely more of like a blonde or a neutral blonde, I mean, it's just really not achievable with the open air. So I just have to um, – that's kind of where I draw my line with that. Or just explain to them like, listen, like I would love to do this, but your hair won't be able to um, handle this right now or, or be able even to take the color
0: sure sure uh, what what how long how long does a service like this take how long do you normally take uh, best and worst case scenarios
1: best case scenario they're out the door in an hour and 45 to two hours um, worst case
0: scenario. all right speedy Gonzalez I,
1: well this is thanks to Linda <laughs> I have lots of training and when I came she blew up my books with a full book of balayages, man so it was awesome but uh, <laughs> And then, with the worst case scenario, I mean, I've been in there, oh jeez, I think one client took like this is bad, like six hours one time, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know
0: no and and I really asked that question that, and that's not a that's not a slight and a poor reflection of Anna. I just want a view that i don't I don't want people to get that wrong that right. really is dependent on the hair that comes in like yeah. what state is the hair in, and what look are they trying to achieve because that quick. Hour and forty five two hours that's again best case scenario Absolutely. we we normally go depending on because of how the water is and what what how people may be c- taking care of their hair in between. normally ours is between three and four, just kind of depending on like as, as like a normal set best case two hours for sure, worst case yeah six seven hours yeah.
1: Yeah, which will be beautiful at the end of the six hours, but <laughs> oh, that's true. yeah, and it feels good when it's done. You're so proud of yourself. But um, yeah, I'd say, you know, and it, yeah, I tell normally we tell our clients on the phone like two to two and a half to three hours is how long you'll be in there. Um, and it could just vary on how you come in, you know, what your hair does if it rejects us or what's going on with it at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, and now now that I'm thinking about it, and especially if it's if it's really blonde, more time. Uh, a lot of our touch-ups are, like you said, like two and a half hours. You know, when we're touching up that balayage, when we're touching up that ombre, yeah, um, not gonna have to, not gonna have to spend quite as much time putting in things. Um, so uh, uh, maintenance and upkeep. What do you what do you tell clients? What's what are some best, what what are some best practices? What kind of a commitment? Um, is the client getting into when they get these blonding services, um, especially if they're darkening or smudging their roots?
1: Um, normally, I tell them that they're going to be seeing me about every two to three months with stuff like that for upkeep. Um, sometimes even six weeks is what I recommend for a lot of my clients. Um, but the, And if they're coming in with this picture, I, don't, I tell them a lot of times, like, this is not low maintenance. This is high maintenance with a root smudge because that's growing out. It definitely fades out really quickly. Um, so sometimes they're coming in every four weeks and depending on if it's a gray coverage or not, that's involved with that look that they're trying to create.
0: Awesome. Uh, what, uh, cocktail, do you have a cocktail that you normally suggest to people?
1: Hair product wise with Bumble? Um, yes, I'm a huge fan of the hairdressers invisible oil primer. That is like my, it's a great
0: line. oh
1: yes, that is my dream.
0: It's a So, great
1: line. and I have curly hair, so I think that's why I love it even more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I always recommend that, especially for blondes because it, it gives that moisture, the heat protect and the UV protect and everything in it. Um, now we just came out with like this thickening, uh, blow dry cream stuff that gives your hair like oh. that super sexy, like blowout yes. that we've all been dreaming for. I mean, in Florida, you can only keep it for five minutes, but those five minutes are awesome. Um, yeah. cause of the humidity, but, um, so right now my obsession of cocktail for clients here, even especially with balayage is using the high O primer because it's great for your ends and using it from mid to end. So you're not getting too greasy at that root and then using the, um, blow dry cream that they just came out with because I feel like you get the moisture you need, but as well as a little bit of height and some movement in the hair. That is like my new obsession that I keep using on everyone the past two weeks. Yes. <laughs>
0: now that's a good that's a good that's a good cocktail and 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 for those of you don't forget to spend the extra money and get a good shampoo and conditioner listen to your stylist get a good shampoo and conditioner along with those styling products and your hair will be happy
1: absolutely absolutely
0: uh, how i, I now uh, linda's done a lot of the uh, the training and stuff have you done other outside training and um how much, how, how often do you take outside education classes or do you mainly stick to, uh, Linda's training or the training yourself?
1: Oh gosh. Last year I probably went to like 10 classes. Um, just because I feel like that is key. I mean, it was one of those years where like, we don't have kids yet. We didn't have a dog yet. So it was just like, Oh, okay. Another (laughs) class in New York. See you later, babe. Like I'm going to this. This is awesome. Um, But so I did a lot of classes last year. This year I have still we've done a lot, but definitely taken a step back and kind of just we bought a house, so I was kind of taking a little bit of a break on the finances.
0: Oh um, uh, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> but it's we, not
0: cheap to fly out to to other cities to do big education.
1: Not even a little bit, and that's one thing I think clients we have to we it's good to tell them, let them know how much you're getting out there and doing the education because a stylist that invests in her education is really one that's going to succeed and be successful and keep with the trends um, and yep. keeping your hair feeling awesome because they're learning all about how to take care of it. Um, yes, but I would yes. say, I mean, we definitely learned Linda is like the queen, man. She takes care of us with everything. Um, and she definitely brings a lot of education into our salon, which we are so grateful for. Um, yeah. And then she encourages us to get out because when you go to like New York or Um, even like we were in, uh, Tampa a few weeks ago for a class, it just gets you out and it gets you feeling inspired and you're not like stuck in your rut. Um, is that so easy to do? And as artists that we are, we need, um, creativity and inspiration. Otherwise I think it's easy to start questioning everything you do, whereas you don't need to do that. You just need to take class to get that inspiration back on. So we,
0: yeah,
1: Yeah. we go out, out to a lot of different classes and, um, and then she invites a lot of people to come teach at our salon, or you know, we hire people to come just because we are really in love with education and what it does for us.
0: That's awesome. That is fantastic, Anna. This was—is it Anna or Anna? Am I am I totally butchering? No, this?
1: I, in Sweden it's Anna, and here it's Anna. So I respond. To both. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, this has been so awesome and such a such a pleasure. Um, such great insight. Uh, again, it they are at. Uh, Anna with three ends, Anna Carter on Instagram, uh, yeah. and if you like dogs, <laughs> and if uh, and follow the salon of West Coast Hair at West Coast Hair Design, uh, they do awesome stuff on, on their Instagram. You guys, you guys really have been actually, especially lately, you guys have been hitting it hard and doing some awesome stuff, which is, is not only entertaining but been uh, informational and just so darn cute.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> um, and uh, for the show. Please uh, email the show. The, the, the uh, email is hairdouncut at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, hair underscore do underscore salon. Uh, that's for both Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook and our Pinterest page as well. Uh, so go search for us there. Uh, Anna, thank you so much. You are wonderful, and I hope you will come back on the show sometime. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Have
0: appreciate a great hair day, everyone. Yes. Thank you.